What we do here is go back, 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 back. back. It does no service to creating value for people where I came from if I won't say where I came from. And so nobody thought any thought this movie was going to work, and it did. One of my greatest struggles as a journalist is that I'm an emotional person and I'm a sensitive person. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 No's. 10,000 Knows is built on the premise that hearing stories of struggle from people who most of us would consider to be successful is a way for the rest of us to realize that we're not alone. If you've already subscribed on iTunes and you like what you hear, please share it with others. You can take a screenshot of your phone while you're listening, post it on your social media, tag at Maddie Dell on Instagram or at Matthew Del Negro on Twitter and Facebook, email it to friends, or just let people know it exists and how you found it. If you can leave an iTunes review, even better. That really helps. Either way, I appreciate you listening, and I hope you're as inspired by my guests as I am. I would just finish grad school. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a screenwriter. And then I got this letter, and I was like, I'm going to get a real job and be an editor for ESPN because I need to pay off these loans. Welcome to this episode of 10,000 Knows. My guest today is screenwriter Dave Stassen. If you've seen Central Intelligence starring The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Kevin Hart, or watched The Mindy Project on Fox or Hulu, you know Dave's writing. But before he could call himself a professional writer, before he went back to USC to get his master's degree, he was just a dude eating late-night scraps from his buddy's table waiting shift while sitting on lawn furniture in a crappy apartment in Hollywood. Lucky for us, he and that buddy, whom he's known since third grade, are successful writing and producing partners now, entertaining us with funny stories like the upcoming blockers due in theaters this spring of 2018. I give you Dave Stassen. All right, so we'll we'll actually try to get to business. Okay. It's going to be very serious. We're gonna, yeah, yeah. We're going to plumb the depths of your soul here. Um, so as you can see, so Dave... Uh, Dave asked me like if he should prepare anything last night. I said, no, no, we're just going to talk. But as you can see, I've done extensive research here. On a, on a sticky note, I have Chicago, Ike, Process, History, Sports, Mindy, Central Intelligence, Kids, Future. Yeah, wow. Bang, did you, we did got you it all. do that taking your morning dump? That was, <laughs> what, a research, what, a, what a researcher. <laughs> um, no, it's funny. So when I was kind of preparing to do this, I, I'd listened to a bunch of podcasts and, and loved a bunch that are kind of you know, along the similar lines, but they're a little more produced and there's cuts. And I was like, I, I just want it to feel like a, yeah. we're having a, if anybody's listening that it's, it's like they're eavesdropping on a conversation that hopefully, hopefully hits some things, you know, but then yeah. we may take some tangents and whatever. There are those programs where they can suck all the air out of people's conversation. So it just clips together really fast. Totally. And but it sounds like um, a conspiracy theorist, like, put this together. Right. Like, they're just, like, mashing together, like, fake quotes into what, because it, it gets so tight. Yeah. And and it's funny because, you know, there's another, there also is a feature for anybody wondering who thinks this is a little too languid for them, 10,000 knows, is there's a feature on, if you're listening on iTunes, that you can do 1.5 speed and you can do two speed. But yeah. it starts to sound a little bit like chipmunks when yeah. you go to two yeah. speed. But, like, some people, listen to them that way so they could just get all their information yeah. in. but I'm, I'm more of a no a fan of like you know let it go it is what it is we're gonna cover some stuff we're gonna miss some stuff and you know yeah i'll just sit in the driver when i get home and finish the podcast you know my, yeah, you, my family can wait 
<laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just sit there. I do a lot. You be like, honey, I'm taking a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to listen to my, Matt's podcast. Uh, so, all right. Well, y- you know, your, your most recent job, which you wrapped, I don't know how long ago. Uh, end of September. If you're talking about the mini, mini project. project. Yeah. 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 End of September. So it's been a couple of months. Um, the, why don't we, I mean, I don't know if we even want to get into that just yet. Why don't we talk a little bit about like, you know, Chicago and, and your mm-hmm. upbringing and like your, your deal with Ike, Ike Barinholtz is Dave's uh, writing partner, I guess, producing partner. Yep. Um, and I'm jealous of that, that out of, <laughs> out of everything about you, the mo the thing I am most jealous of is that you and Ike have like when I went, I was at his birthday party where you had like the oh, yeah. the slideshow. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, these dudes have been hanging together since what? What grade did you? Uh, we met in third grade. Third grade. Yeah. So did, we've been friends since then. Were you at the same school or opposite? Did you play against each we other? We played against each other. We met at summer camp, um, play, played against each other in sports, like for middle school. And then in high school, he came to my school. He went to a really small school that like basically ended after eighth grade. And then he came to our school for high school and he was just, we were just, you know, he was just joined our group of best friends. Yeah. Uh, some of the other guys live out here, like Hayes MacArthur, our buddy, Andrew Robinson. But yeah, he, Ike was right away in our circle of best friends. And, but I've known him since, yeah, 1986 or something. I don't wow. Know. Yeah. That's cool. Wait, yeah. and Hayes is another actor. He's, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was on, um. Scott Silveri's show, uh, a, a sitcom. While yeah. Ago. Oh, that. And, yeah. and now he's on the thing with Rashida. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He did Andrew Tribeca. So that's, that's uh, were you guys at a really, were you at a really artistic school, or did it just randomly that you all ended up being just, in this business? Yeah, it's just kind of random. I mean, I I always was gravitated to comedy and TV and movies, and Ike was always you know really funny and wanting to like perform. And then I think for Hayes kind of found it in, in college. Hayes was a college quarterback. He was, you know, he was really, really. Oh, where'd he go? Where'd he, he went go? to Bowdoin. Oh, okay. Yeah, he played football. Um, I don't know how we all ended up out here. I think just, it, yeah, our school was not super artsy, but um, we all just kind of, I think, liked making each other laugh. I remember yeah. like hearing an interview with John Favreau. And like somebody asking him, oh, were you like the class clown? And Favreau was just like, no, like you just the group of friends were funny together. Like nothing's funnier than a group of friends. Yeah. And that's kind of like what, you know, I think like we just were all like, like laughing and goofing around and like yeah. all groups of friends. And- well, that, well, that's, what's, that's what's so cool. But I think about like, you know, the equivalent I have for that is, is my buddy, Joey Siska, who I played, you know, my first recollection of him is playing baseball against him in third grade yeah. and he got hit by a pitch and he's like, you know, a, like fiery Italian. And he goes down and he's like, Oh, my leg, my leg, my leg. And everybody <laughs> like comes out to go around him and he jumps up and he goes, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I was like, who is this nut? Yeah. And, and, and then we played football against each other and I hated him. Like I, I hated him. And, um, he went to, you know, there were four elementary schools and then we all went to junior high together in seventh grade and then, you know, from there, it was like, we were like best friends and all these guys that you used to hate all of a sudden were your yeah, crew and yeah. still see them. And it's, that, that's, that's what it is. Like when I see those guys and it's not that often really, cause they're all on the East coast, but it's like, you just, you don't skip a beat. Yeah. And the fact that you uh, yeah. have that 
And you guys are still hanging out. I mean, I don't know if it's every day, but mm-hmm. most days and you're doing this, it's got to be kind of surreal to be like, yeah, we're, we're on a set in, you know, yeah. like Universal City, like making a TV show together and like, you know. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it does strike me, but it all for us is kind of seamless. Like we just sort of, I don't know, like have been talking about doing it since we were like 16 or 17. And then there just been, it's just kind of a gradual, you know, process where you, you work a little bit here, you have a little bit of, you know, you write a little bit together, you, you maybe shoot a pilot. So it's just kind of like, you don't just like start like, oh my God, we're on a TV set. It feels like kind of like the the next step in something you've been doing for a while. Yeah, yeah. But going back to the friends things, like because I'm lucky enough to have a lot of like childhood friends out here, when we get together, the wives are so miserable because they do not know what we're saying. We're yeah. just talking about references. You know, you mentioned one word and then we all go off on it and the wives can't keep, they don't know what we're talking about. You're like, oh, yeah. Mr. Grierson, oh, Borelli, oh, you know, just like saying like things. And they, <laughs> my wife's like, I don't like getting together with the group because <laughs> you guys just are screaming at each other and we don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's, yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. like, it's a language that is, uh, it's like your own, you know, secret language. Yeah. And, and I have that, you know, our, our mutual connection, Chris Messina, that's like, yeah. that's the closest that I have in this business. Cause we met, we were, you know, it's probably, it's something like 20 years ago. I don't know. It was like the mid nineties. Uh-huh. We met in New York. New York and so yeah. it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. There's a couple other yeah, guys, you guys that are part of that. You guys have that. It's like, yeah. And it, but, but I look at you guys and go going all the way back to third grade. It's like, that's, that's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. Very, um, very unique situation. Yeah. 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 Pretty that's lucky. Cool. So, so tell me about, um, just because it's 10,000 no's and it's, you know, we don't want you to come on and be like, yeah, we decided we're going to do this when we we're 16 and bam, that's great. <laughs> like what were some of the, uh, you didn't go to the same school together, right? You went uh, to Northwestern. I went to Northwestern. Ike? Ike went to BU for one year. Okay. Then he uh, he and the the college, he and the university mutually parted ways. <laughs> he, uh, he moved back to Chicago after one year. College yeah. was not for him. Uh, he started doing improv and taking classes at Second City and Improv Olympic. And he was he had a day job. He was like 19. He got his own apartment. He had a, he had a day job. Uh, I was up at Northwestern, which is like 12 miles away. So I was going to his improv shows right away when he was started performing. And I was, you know, kind of learning a little bit more about comedy through that. I never performed, but yeah, that was kind of the beginning of, of at least his, like, I mean, he was doing it professionally kind of, you know, he had to kind of early. Yeah. He put himself in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and did you, what was your major at, you know, Northwestern's great school. Were you, were you like an English major? Were Mm -hmm. you, what was your deal there? My major was communication studies, which was the closest thing I get to being like in the television and film program. There's a TV and film program there, but you have to get into it. Um, uh, before you, like as before a high schooler. You, yeah. And I didn't apply to it. I just wasn't like aware of it. I just got into the regular school. So then I, they wouldn't let me transfer in. So I did communications, which let me take some sort of, uh, you know, entertainment, pop culture, even like a screenwriting class. Yeah. And so it was good for that. It was also, you know, to be honest, like the major of like, you know, the wrestlers and the, like the football team and me and those guys, you know, we had great- That's what it was at BC. We had good schedule. in communication. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing basket weaving 101. Yeah. And I took some, I took like a, I think it was like a broadcast journalism 
class at, at one point where is it, you know, we wrote a commercial and you did stuff yeah, like that, yeah. but I, you know. There were some good classes in there. Then yeah. there was some that was just like, this is so, you know, the football coach keeps his offensive line <laughs> in, in school. And I was. But did you feel like when you were at school, did you have access to equipment through that, like cameras and lights and stuff like that? And were you like, were you already starting to create your own stuff or, you know, even mm-hmm. with, with Ike or without him, with other buddies from school? What, how was that? There was a couple classes where you're, you're given equipment and then there's a screenwriting class, which I got really into and wrote a short. Um, but you know, it was college. I was mostly just having a good time, yeah. you know, like yeah. my schedule was my, my schedule was more important than my classes. It was like, oh, can I avoid classes on Monday? Can I avoid classes on Friday? That sounds like my senior year, yeah. spring of yeah. senior year. Your senior like- year, my all four years. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And, and and were you, so like in high school, what, what sports did you play, by the way? Uh, soccer, uh, all four years. And then I did some basketball, swim team. I played water polo. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. Water polo was kind of, I went to a small school in the city, but for, there's this community of water polo schools in Chicago. I don't know why there's, but there's really good water polo in Chicago. And my brother played and he was great. He was like the state player of the year when he was a senior. He went to Stanford to play. And uh, I was not as good of a swimmer or water polo player, but it's a great sport. Um, yeah. But soccer, basketball, those were like my, my main sports. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just water polo of, is one of those ones out here. My son, uh, a few years ago, did they called it? He was so young at the time they called it splash ball, but we put him in it and it, it yeah. didn't really stick. But all the other dads, it was like the equivalent of what lacrosse is, where I'm from, yeah. where all the dads, you know, out here, like I, I don't know water polo, and these guys are like, oh yeah, I played at UCLA, I played at Stanford, I played yeah. everywhere, and I'm yeah. like, huh, I don't really know water polo aside from it's, you know seeing some stuff. It's brutal. And- yeah, it's weird. Yeah. You know, I talk about now, like, oh, I played like four or five sports a year, which. It sounds like, oh, like you stunk at all the sports because nowadays just like the kids have to choose one sport, yeah. right? It's just, it's a different, I, I don't really get, I don't like how it's nowadays. It's like, oh, he plays baseball 11 months a year. That's like, ridiculous, man. Wait, we, we had, I, I actually had Ali Dunn, uh, my buddy who you know from Northwestern, yeah, yeah, right? I don't yeah. know if you guys know each other or know Yeah, no, Ali, other. yeah. And, and I he had him baseball, on right? this, he played baseball there, but we talked about, you know, our sons are really tight and we were talking about that. Like it's, it's gotten out of control with sports. Where yeah. You everybody played, uh, you played a bunch of sports. That's yeah. just what you did. Right. And now it's, yeah, it's specialized yeah. and kids are making tapes for college when they're in like seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's really. And now like regular kids and I have friends whose kids go to the tryouts and they're just getting embarrassed and they're going home crying because they're like, oh, I want to play baseball. And like, they haven't practiced and they go to the tryouts yeah. and you got little Craig Biggio's and, you know, A-Rod's running around at like in fourth grade who've been like taking private lessons for six months. Yeah. Know? It's yeah. really tough. It's, it is, it is a whole, it's a whole new world yeah. with that right now. Um, anyway. But, um, so, okay. So you, you kind of. I partied in college. You partied I, in college. I did, I did learn i knew coming out of college i did want to go into go into writing and tv and film um but it wasn't uh it it wasn't well yeah i just i just knew i knew i wanted to get there i just i didn't know like the roadmap really to take yet right um and by the way excuse me when i do this sometimes when you say something yeah just like to highlight a quote Okay. okay. Yeah. And I'm just like, Dave. Rouse. Rouse. I got to pick up <laughs> yeah. bread and or, eggs. Yeah. Clementines. You know, I just clock in the time. Yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah, you you're that's what I was gonna say. It sounds like you kind of like you you knew what you wanted to do, mm-hmm. but you um I wouldn't say you were casual in pursuing it. Yeah. It sounds like you were fully doing it, but you it sounds like you you didn't you don't take yourself too seriously with it. You're kind of, you yeah. know, which is maybe good that you're not holding on too tight. Whereas I see a lot of people, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been this way in my career and I see a lot of people um, that are in this field that are, that are holding on so tight. And. Oh, I am today. <laughs> now I am. Right now. You, yeah. Yeah. You're holding on tight yeah, now. now that there are, the stakes are greater. The yeah. The stakes are greater. Yeah. yeah. But back then, no, I was like, well, when we were texting last night, you were talking about, um, you know, kind of like, we'll talk about maybe regrets or mistakes, something like that, you know, mistakes or something. And it made me think about how like coming out of college and moving out here, my big thing was I didn't, I didn't want to be like, I didn't want any help. I didn't want to like reach out to like an alumni network of my high school or college. I wanted to do it my own way. I also like didn't think like working in an office was cool. So like I never got the good internship or like the good assistant job. And those are like big mistakes. Like I, I feel like if looking back on it, it's like, no, like the, the, the young people I know that I've worked with who are assistants or something like, like I admire them and they're go-getters and they like, they use their college connections and they got an assistant job or an internship when they were 22 or 24. And I thought I was like too cool for that. And I just had to like st- stay up late, write late, work a night job, you know, park cars and do this stuff that was like more gritty. Whereas, you know, I could have pro- maybe, you know, gotten ahead a little earlier if I had done things a little more um, professionally. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely relate to that. I mean, I, I still think I, I have that, you know, even asking people to come, you know, be mm-hmm. a guest here. It's like, uh, well, I don't want to, you know, he, yeah. I know he doesn't live over here and come <laughs> yeah. over and, you well, know. Well, I'm going to give you a receipt for the gas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I pay all, all. Eight, eight bucks. Yeah. We'll eight, call it 850. Nah, yeah. I don't know if we have that rate, but it'll be a little bit, it'll be like yeah. uh, 345. It's a big, yeah. it's a big climb over the 405. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but the, but. I, I agree. I mean, I've never worked, uh, you know, that's, that's, what's crazy for me is I've never actually had an office job. I mean, never in my life had an office job, which, yeah. which in a way, I remember being in an acting class way early on. And this guy who was pretty talented, he had come from working on wall street and he was really, you know, mm-hmm. gung ho about acting, but he always, he left something that was steady. And I remember thinking like, I never had that, yeah. so I won't, you know, there's less of a temptation to go back to it. I kind yeah. of threw myself yeah. into the fire right out of college. So it was like, you know, bartending and waiting tables right. and stuff yeah. like that. But like, you know, there was there was nothing I was walking away from. Yeah. Although my education and my background, I guess I could have done, you know, could have done something with that. Right, but. yeah. I was the same way. I did not want an office job. It's, you know, I knew I was wanting to write. I was obsessed with like, 80s movies and Seinfeld and like Larry Sanders show, but I knew I didn't want to work. So I knew I didn't want to work in an office also. So that was like part of the, like the problem coming out here was to get your foot in the door, you kind of have to get into an office. And then after 10 years of struggling or, you know, having a little successes here and there, the, the big, the big success is, oh, now you work in an office. Yeah, it's like, like, why didn't I just do that? Yeah. For a decade? Now you get a desk and you go to a writer's room and drink coffee. You know, yeah. like nine to five, like a normal human being. Like that was the goal. It was like all this work to yeah. like be an outcast, an outsider. And then, <laughs> oh, good. I got an office job. <laughs> uh, I can relax now. So what'd you do when you graduated? Uh, you graduated Northwestern. Yeah. 
So you're in Chicago. You were you were on campus. I, I so did graduate. Don't look into it. I did this. It's yeah. magna cum laude. <laughs> yeah, he, he actually was the valedictorian. Um, great commencement speech. I thank heard. you, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um. So you, but you were living on campus there. You weren't like like commuting from home. No. Yeah, I lived in a a house with nine guys okay. off, off campus. So when you when you graduated, whenever that was, late 90s or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 99. 99. Um, did you just like pack up and come out here immediately? Or? No, I. the first thing I did was uh, my one other friend from college who didn't want to get an office job either, he and I moved to Colorado for, for like a year. Really? Did yeah. you ski? Or you- I'm not even a skier. I don't even like skiing, but I moved <laughs> to a ski town. Like that's how much I wanted to avoid like – Going to you know in the finance or whatever. What was the town? Vale. Vale. Yeah. Well, my brother did a year in Vail oh, yeah? as well. Yeah, he worked at the Red Lion. Worked the door there. Yeah, I used to go like there. At the base of the yeah, yeah. And you didn't ski. Did you learn to ski I, that year? I already I skied a little bit. The goal when you're a local is a hundred ski a hundred days in yeah. the ski season. I think I skied like twenty seven days. Like I just uh, I didn't like to ski. Like there was like I was like there's not enough movie theaters. There's not enough basketball courts. Um, but I moved there like with like the goal of if I can like have the discipline to write a screenplay, then I'll know like, you know, I'm going to be committed to it. So I did write my first screenplay while I was there and it was an awful piece of crap. Um, but I knew like, okay, it was a comedy. yeah. Yeah. And I, but I knew like, and my buddy, he worked on the mountain. I bartended at a hotel and I wrote my screenplay like in my free time. And, uh, so I, I left Colorado in like the end of ski season and knew like, okay, like I've kind of shown myself, I had some discipline yeah. Then I moved home, uh, for like six months and lived with my parents and saved some money. Yeah. And then Ike and I moved out in 2001. So th- at that time, Ike was in Chicago still he, doing improv and doing second city and all he that. had actually left Chicago to go to Amsterdam where oh. he did boom Chicago, which is like a improv theater founded by some Northwestern graduates. It's where Seth Meyers uh, performed with Ike and Jordan Peele and Jason Sudeikis and Josh Myers. Uh, so he was in a Amsterdam. Couple of small names, a couple of small names. Yeah. So he was doing a, a theater in Amsterdam for like two years. He left Chicago about the time I was finishing college, and he was there for a little bit. And then he and I moved to LA at the same time. Okay. Cool. Where yeah. Where do you land in LA, what part of town? Uh, Fairfax and Santa Monica, right Ooh. by that Whole Foods in West Hollywood. Oh yeah. Wait, Fairfax. Yeah, it was, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We had, uh, we lived like in a, you know, an apartment building. We had these, uh, we had these Russian landlords, father and son named Yuri and Dimitri. And I never saw either of them. They were always together and they both always wore blue jeans and blue jean jackets every day of their lives. They were just like Russians who just loved American blue jean. So Yuri and Dimitri. And uh, when we moved out there, Ike's dad with a, was with us and he was trying to like get us a better deal in the apartment. And uh, Alan Baronholtz was like, what, what, what kind of tile is this? What is this? You know? And Yuri goes, is easy to clean tile. <laughs> so he, they, they don't, they don't mess around. <laughs> I was like, we're like, okay, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. We're going to pay extra for yeah. the easy to clean tile. Yeah. No, and, and was it just like a complete dump? Like, yeah. 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 We had like uh lawn chair as our indoor furniture, yeah. you know, lawn chair furniture inside. Um, we bought a TV from a pawn shop, like around the corner on Santa Monica. Uh, yeah, we, we had, you know, we had nothing. Yeah. 
um, he and Ike was um, Ike was a busboy and a waiter at a steak at a steakhouse, and he would bring home scraps of uh, of like steak, yeah. and we would like like dogs like fight over the scraps. When he would get home like at eleven o'clock at night, and like he'd have a little <laughs> box, and we'd chop it up and and warm it up, and I'd like say, "Stop eating it while you're cooking it," and I'd be freaked oh, out that so I wasn't awesome. getting. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'm just laughing because I I worked one of my first jobs in New York was uh, this place Virgil's Barbecue on Forty Fourth like, uh-huh. near Times Square. And they had these awesome hush puppies. And I would, <laughs> I mean, I was so shameless that like, I would, I was at the, at the beginning, I was like, a, I'd bust table mm-hmm. and I'd take it and like, you know, I'd be like, they seem like a nice family. And there's a bunch of hush puppies. I'd be in the back and they yeah. had this like maple syrup butter. I just feel like this people looking at me like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, what? It's good. And they seemed like they were pretty yeah. nice and civilized. Yeah, and, sure. Know, why is that different from, you know, taking the rest of my family stuff? Right. Yeah. They seem germ-free. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just kind yeah. of what you do, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so how long were you guys in that place? We were in that place for about a year. And then, um, uh, Josh Myers, uh, had moved, moved out from Amsterdam too. And the three of us got a house together and we lived in a big rundown craftsman right off sunset across the street from the old Colchin horse, uh, uh-huh. which is now the Pikey. You know oh, that the, oh, the, oh, the Pikey. Uh, yeah, I do know. Wait, it used to I... be called the Coach and Horse. It's like sunset. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sunset and near, like, uh, Samuel French. Yes, right next to it. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, then, so you were like right in the heart of Hollywood. Yeah, kind of. yeah. We yeah. lived next door to a liquor store, and Which we, is we used to have like contests to see like who could like run there and back with a six pack fastest. And I think like Ike had the record at like 38 seconds. Like, <laughs> you could be like on your couch and then return with beer. And were you guys there for a while? Was yeah, we like were there a- for, for, for years. Yeah. yeah. For a long time. And then like Hayes moved, I moved out and Hayes moved in and Josh moved out and I moved back in and it was just kind of a rotating, yeah. rotating house. And, and then, then what was going on? Like professional, like what were you doing to put food on the table? Where, did you have, other- there was no food. I mean, obviously I was coming back with scraps, Yeah, but like, were you, um, did you have like a quote day job or, you know, I know you didn't yeah. work in an office, but were you like waiting tables? Were you doing any of that kind of stuff? Yeah. Or? I worked at the Chateau Marmont. Oh, you did? Yeah. I did front desk and parked cars and did kind of like odd jobs yeah. there. Yeah. So, and then I ended up, so that was that, that kind of like, you know, more or less like kept me going. Yeah. And For then, those of you that don't know who are not from LA, Chateau Marmont is kind of like a, you know, Hollywood institution. It's like anybody who's anybody is there. It's kind of exclusive. It's kind of, you know, hip and, and, yeah. and it, it's just like a very specific thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's got its own thing. It's, you know, a very, star driven place. And yeah, yeah, so I did, I did front desk. I was a really bad employee. Uh, I was kind of lazy. Um, yeah, I didn't do a good job there, yeah. but, and, you know, but you, the whole time you were writing on the side. Yeah, we were writing. And then I ended up, uh, thinking, you know, I maybe need a little more training in this. So I went to, I applied to grad school and I ended up, uh, doing a screenwriting, uh, master's program at USC. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. I did that for two years. Um, because how old were you at that point? Mid, mid twenties, like 20, 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, you know, when I got into grad school, I had just gotten cast on mad TV. So I was in grad school, he was doing mad TV and then uh, he did that for four or five years, and I finished grad school and uh, ended up working for ESPN. 
and being an editor for a few of their shows because I learned kind of editing. Oh, really? In, on an Avid? Or? Yeah, on Avid. I okay. mean, I learned a little bit how to edit on Avid in, in, in my, my schooling. And then when I applied for the job, I lied and said I knew how to edit perfectly. And then you figured and it I, out. Yeah, and then I got the job and figured it out. Yeah. Uh, and so um, I was editing for ESPN and Ike was doing Mad TV and we were getting together in the afternoons and writing our screenplays together. And uh, we just did that for, for, you know, for a few years and we, each screenplay would get a little bit better and we maybe, you know, our manager would get a little more excited about it and we'd get some meetings and then eventually we uh, wrote Central Intelligence. And so then I was able to leave ESPN and start writing full time. So that was way back then. Okay. You got, I got so many questions for okay, you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so by the way, last night I was watching the flash with my son who he's like obsessed with it. Yeah. And there was a girl, um, on there. He's like, she's from central intelligence. I said, actually a guy who's coming over tomorrow is one of the writers of central intelligence. I, I was think he I, flipping out that I was going to be in his house. He was like, Dave Stassen? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, he, he knew, knew my name. Yeah, he's, right, like, yeah. he's like, Dave? We're like, no. Everyone he, knows one of the three credited everybody. writers on Central Intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I told you this. That he, I drove cross country with him a couple of summers ago. And, and there was one stop, which was, we kept seeing oh, yeah. billboards for Central Intelligence. And he's like, I want to see Central Intelligence. Uh, now, now, we had gone to the Grand Canyon. We had gone to like, you know, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. We had seen everything. Uh -huh. And we stopped in uh, Pittsburgh and we saw Central Intelligence. Oh, so nice. you should feel like, you know, you are one of the- Wow, yeah. One of the stops on the, yeah. the tour of America. When they remake the, vac the remake of Vacation- they should add that, like the central intelligence, central intelligence. like a set piece. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So first thing, let me think, is going back to USC mm. and getting, you got your master's? Yes. Okay. Which sounds fancy. It's usually, it's really just like a way to like take out a lot of student loans. Well, that's what I was kind of yeah. going to ask you, because I remember in New York having that dilemma of, you know, my, my parents, um, basically when I said I was going to be an actor, it was like the end of kind of toward the end of college. It's like, great. We just, <laughs> yeah. we just went to a really expensive school. You're going to be an actor, but they were, they were very supportive, but they just said like, you know, spiritually they were supportive, but they're like, we're not going to finance it. You got to right. figure it out. So I remember having that, that thing of like, should I go back to a conservatory and get my MFA? And, mm -hmm. and like, I would be fully immersed or do I keep kind of like pounding the pavement? And yeah. always that was like one of those things I really, um, kind of struggled with and ended up not going back because I felt like I'd rather just have the real life experience. Right. But how did you yeah. find that? Was that a huge, was that a, a really great decision? Mm -hmm. Was it kind of eh, like a wash or do you look back at it with regret? I think it was, I think it was kind of, well, I shouldn't, I was going to say it's a wash, but there's definitely some like, some classes that I still use all the time, just yeah. some like basic, like structure things. I don't know if I would have learned, like I might've like picked up a screenwriting book at some point and learned something like it, but taking a class where you learn it and then you relearn it for three months, you know, at a time, yeah. like there was some valuable stuff in there. There's also, you know, they also kind of like fatten out the, the curriculum you have to take where I had to watch like, you know, 1920s silent French cinema, like, which really did not help me, you know, and I probably, that probably cost me four or $5,000 for right, that class right. that semester. But there's some definitely, there, the teachers were, were great. They were all like working screenwriters 
and they were very practical and they taught practical stuff. And there were, there were some like applicable, like, you know, um, screenwriting structure, character development ideas that I still, I still take advantage of. Yeah. But you know, um, the reason I took the ESPN editing job was because right when I was finishing, I got like the student loan repayment like notice, which yeah. was like, Hey, in one month, this is due. And then it's due for the next 15 years. And I was, I would just finish grad school. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a screenwriter. And then I got this letter and I was like, I'm going to get a real job and be an editor for ESPN because I need to pay off these loans. So, um, yeah, so, you know, there was, there was a mix and then doing the ESPN thing was great because I think it did give me some training in editing, but I still like, it's so helpful as a writer and a yeah. director to like know how to edit and just to know when you're shooting the scene, but also when I'm in post with the editor, yeah, how to like talk to him in his lingo and knowing what I want specifically and sort of being, you know, vague in my instructions. Um, and then just getting yourself like getting reps and like, you know, working, working within a group, especially as a comedy writer, you know, I worked at ESPN and I was in a bullpen with like the other researchers and sports writers and we were talking every day and there were some good things to yeah, it, but yeah, yeah. But then, you know, I was, I loved it, but I was also itching to like get in, you know, get back into just pure writing because I'm the sports junkie, but it, even for me, it got a little repetitive, like yeah. following the, the, you know, back then it was like, Terrell Owens on the Eagles and, you know, the Red Sox. And it got a little repetitive, you know, caring about that stuff every day. Yeah. 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 So what, like, where do you find, I'm going to forget like, you know, the other questions that had popped up, but I always want to go with this, which is like, where do you find the, maybe it's equal joy, just different times or whatever, but like, there's kind of that, um, that camaraderie of, of being there in a bullpen or like when I've visited you guys at, the Mindy Project, it's like a, you know, there's a real like team aspect, family aspect yeah. um, to it that's really cool. But it sounds like you also kind of, it, it sounds, maybe I'm misreading this. Do you, you like your solitude and going off and, and writing kind of on your own? Or, yeah. or are you like, we'll get into that kind of how you do it with a, a partner. I'm sure everybody does it mm -hmm. differently, but do you go off and write and Ike goes off and write, or are you more of like the classical writer? And then he comes in and you work it out together. How, how does that work? And what do you, what do you like? Well, you know? we, I've, I mean, I, I've, I like both. I do like the room aspect and like eight people laughing and building off each other's ideas. But then I've gotten to like the solitude of writing also. Uh, Ike and I, our, our system we've kind of like developed is, we have to be in the same room when we're breaking an idea. You know, when we're talking through a story, we're in the same room, we're writing down each scene kind of as we think of it, little details of it, um, big plot points, little character details. And then we kind of try and together, like make sure we have like a fleshed out kind of two to three page, just scene by scene idea of what the story is. And then, um, we start to, and then we're like, we start writing it and like, he'll write 10 pages and send it to me and I'll rewrite those 10 pages and write 10 more pages. Then he'll rewrite those 20 pages and write 10 more. So wow. we kind of build out like a first draft that is, had, that's been rewritten a bunch of times by the time we're done with it. So that's kind of our system. I think, you know, every comedy or every writing team is different. Some people like 
Um, he's going to write the first 50 pages. I'm going to write the second 50. And like, that's now I don't know how you do that because when you're writing, there's all this discovery and things change and yeah. like, Oh, you know, that thing we said was going to have a page 30. Like I, it didn't work. So I took it out, but then yeah, the other, the other guy, the yeah. So I don't know right. how that works, but that's, that's our system. Well, you know? One thing I like about that is that it's just like a, it's a built in, I'm I'm one of these closet writers who like I, I want to write and the problem is and I've I've written but you know nothing's mm-hmm. been nothing's really come to anything and one of the problems is like there's this I think the difference between an amateur really in in any field especially in writing difference between an amateur and a pro is like you know the pro is just doing it and rewrite 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 yeah. and it's almost like that's built into your system that you can't get too precious because you know Ike's going to come in and either tear it up or add to it or yeah. pull something out of yeah. it. And and the same goes for him. Yeah. And so you're kind of, you can't be that precious with it. You can't, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of cool. It's like an automatic audience that's going to be there mm-hmm. that you trust yeah. their opinion. And Yeah, that's that's one nice thing is you, uh, especially in, in the comedy world, someone who you think is funny, you trust them. So if you pitch something, if he either likes it or doesn't like it, I have a pretty good idea of if it works or not, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and there's that going about the, back to the rewriting thing. Like it's, it's a cliche, but somebody, somebody's famous quote is, uh, writing is rewriting. Yeah. And I just, I honestly, I tell myself that all the time so that I'm not ever complacent or, you know, I'm not ever just, oh yeah, I finished this draft. It is so good. Yeah. My like, God, it's not going to change at all. Yeah. Like I, I was just rewriting something last night and I took out a line that had been in the draft for like three drafts and it was an important line. And I reread the scene and I took it out last night and I was like, you don't need that. God, what, why did I, I was like, I was like, oh, what a piece of shit line. And for like, you know, for like three weeks, I'd been like, that's the line. That's the line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you don't need it. Yeah. I think. I I maybe, maybe I do I'm need working it. <laughs> on something right now. And I, this is what happens to me is I, I, I look and I start reading and I, and I, I've been trying to not go back and read too much because I just will rip it apart and then just want to throw the whole thing yeah, away. Yeah. And I did a little of that the other morning and I was like, you know what? Just get it out there, get a crappy version out. Yeah. You can come back. Because I feel like as an actor, where one of my strengths is I can look at some someone else's writing and I think I can help strengthen it. Uh-huh. And I've read enough story structure books that I have yeah. an idea of story structure. And you've I, also I, read a lot of scripts as an I've actor. I've read a ton of scripts yeah. and I've, and, and from acting them, you know, kind of like yeah. when something works, something works on the page, it doesn't work, you know, right. when it's on its feet. So I'm good at that. And what I've tried to do now is just trick myself into writing and then pretending it's somebody else's, somebody yeah. else's, yeah. which is a, a trick. I, I actually heard, do you know, Glenn Kessler? He's, he, I know the name like, like damages and blood. Yeah. Line, yeah. And he, I was talking about it and he sent me this interview with uh, the guy that did, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but he did um, Finding Nemo. Uh, yeah. Guy from, anyway, he, and he had a whole thing where he said he would not look at it. He'd print it up uh-huh. and he'd pretend, he'd tell himself it was someone else's script <laughs> yeah. and he'd go through with a red oh, pen and rewrite dude, it. I'm going to steal that. And just trick himself. That's great. He's like, otherwise I would just be too frozen to, yeah. to get it out there. Right. You either, either you leave it as is because you know you did it and you think it's good or you're just ashamed of yourself and you retire. Yeah. You're like, I'm, this is terrible. I'm never doing this again. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So tell me about, you know, I'm, I'm shocked, but not shocked to hear you mentioning central intelligence so early in the game, because it sounds like, like what year did you <laughs> sell that? And then what year was it yeah. made? I mean, that that's always the deal. It's a long, and, and like, when did, you know, 
Dwayne Johnson get involved right, yeah. in all of the, like, like how, what was that? So process? we sold it in 2009. We, 2009. And it okay. came out in 2016. So, uh, it wow. was a long, it was a long road. Yeah. And so we. Was it way different when you finally saw it? Was it a lot different than you originally conceived it? No, I mean, the, really like the. The bones of it were the there. The bones of it were there. The, 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 the plot, like even like. A lot of the plot was was still there. Um, the the theme of like the 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 high school nerd, you know, coming back as this cool guy and the high school stud losing his fastball, like all that, all that was in there. Um, it was not for The Rock or Kevin Hart. Um, we sold it right after The Hangover came out, and Ed Helms was attached to it to play Kevin Hart's character, um, and. It was one of those things where, oh, now, you know, Will Ferrell's going to play uh, the spy who comes back from high school and this director is going to do it. And then that director has a movie come out that doesn't do so well. Then he falls off the project and then they hire someone else to rewrite it. And then someone else is going to, it was a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. And we, uh, our manager, Peter Principato at the time, He's still Ike's manager. was uh, was a producer of it, and we were bothering him every week. You know, what's the update? You know, for like for years, we were just like, and it wasn't until we got a job working on Mindy that we let it go. And it was like within maybe the first one or two seasons of being at Mindy that we found out that Rawson, uh, Rawson Marshall Thurber was gonna wanted to direct it, and uh, it was one of those things where you know you kind of stop give him something attention and you know finally it happened so rawson had uh directed where the millers and this was like where the millers came out for new line it did well they wanted to make another movie with him and uh somehow he had heard about central intelligence it was just one of those comedy scripts that had been like bouncing around you know for like at this point four or five years and because like it just was the idea was like there right it was just a good like odd couple action comedy. And yeah. so Ross knew about it. He said that's what he wanted to do next. So New Line purchased it for him from Universal. And uh, we had breakfast with him, Ike and I did. And he told us he wanted to be Kevin Hart in The Rock. And we were like, you know, we were like, good luck getting those two. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you know, those guys were already really busy. And we did not picture like The Rock being like this high school loser. But, um, you know, but... That, that's that's kind of that's how it started yeah, yeah. and you know yeah. Rossin Rossin did a rewrite of it and did a great job and uh you know I'm we're still good friends with him that's great I yeah. mean there's so many there's so many um lessons in that story there are so many lessons one about just like sticking with it you know the ups and the downs the the yeah how much is out of your control and then kind of yeah. letting it go and you get involved with something else, but that's still out there. You never know who's watching. You never know, yeah. who, you know, it's such a great story. And it, and it's really typical of this business. That's, that's kind of the deal. I mean, yeah. I, I was, I have a, a buddy who was in finance, did really well. And then he was kind of like dabbling with this business. And I'm like, it's really slow, dude. It's like molasses. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, no, 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 that's fine. And he was just like, okay, yeah, you know, he's this guy that we were, we were talking about something. I said, it's kind of like the wire. And he's like, what's the wire? I'm like, oh, you got to watch the wire. 
And like two days later, he comes back and he's like, okay, I watched The Wire. I'm like, oh, cool. You already, you watched the first season already? Or, or maybe yeah. I was even like, you watched the pilot? He's like, no, I watched the whole series. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, you yeah, got. Yeah. And, and he eventually came to the conclusion, like this business is nuts because it was, it was so, you know, there were so many factors that are out yeah. of control. Whereas he's like, in my business, you make right, money yeah. or you don't. Yeah. And that's- yeah. That's it. And people, you know. Yeah, I think it's frustrating for like my dad too. Like someone who's like not. What is he? Is he? Well, he, he was a lawyer, you know, and he actually lives out here now. And he's just, he can't believe that, you know, I'll have a meeting that's like a big meeting and I'll tell him, oh, it went really well. You know, met with the actor. He's interested. And then like three weeks later, he'll be like, so like, was that just meeting? Was it just a bad meeting? I was like, no, the meeting went really well. Like the actor's thinking about doing the project. Yeah. And like my dad, I'm like, that's, that's a good thing. Like he doesn't understand like, no, 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 you, you know, you have a meeting, you sign the paperwork, you write the thing, right. you write, you know, like he doesn't understand like, no, things, you know, you just have to kind of be patient. And there's yeah, all these it, it little, smart. these little things are either like small successes or small failures, but you just, depending sort of, on how you, yeah, you just get used too. to them. Yeah. But get- that's also another thing is just perspective and end up talking about it a lot here, which is like, what, what has been your, um, like, like what has been your outlook? Cause obviously your attitude is pretty, is it, you have a good attitude for this business in that you seem you're working hard, you care, but you also, you seem to have this like ability to let things go. Mm, which serves know. you. No, well, maybe I don't know not. If I do. maybe, well, I don't in know. an interview you do. Yeah. That, that's the other thing you yeah. realize, like whenever anybody's in an interview, it, it all does sound. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I try and like vocalize the healthy, um, the healthy way to go about things. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the way to do it. Like it's right. Pure writing. Not like when you're trying to direct something, cause then you have to like hustle and like make it happen. But when you're just writing something, it's probably like auditioning where like, I look at it as like, you do the best you can, you, the, the process, like writing with my best friend, coming up with a story, laughing, that's the fun part. Yeah. Then you finish it and you give it to your agent or whoever to try and like sell it. Yeah. That's, then you let go of it. It's like probably walking out of the audition. Like, yeah. all right, I'm done. Like yeah. I did the work. I did yeah. a good Throw job. The sides in the garbage. Right. Yeah. I don't out. care anymore. Yeah. You know, so that's like pure writing. Now it gets more complicated as I'm, I'm getting older and I want to direct and like have more control over the project. Now it's like, oh, you can't just like, you know, sell central intelligence and then hope it happens. You have to like hustle. You have to like, you know, write, you know, write notes to actors to try and get them. You have to like hustle people and go, you know, and reach out to their agents. And there's, it's a, it's more complicated, but you know, I'm enjoying trying to get to that next level too. And and do you have like, do do you feel that you have someone there that's kind of helped you a lot with that aspect of it, which is really more the business of it and the sales of it Mm -hmm. and the hustle? Or is it just kind of like osmosis from a bunch of people you're around and buddies doing it? Yeah. Okay, this works, that works. It it is a lot of osmosis. um, And it also, um, I find it's best for me when I, uh, when I want to do something, 90% of the time, I, I shouldn't do it. Like, even if it's like, I have good intentions, like, it's just better to like, just, you just, better not to say anything. Just kind of be, be, be patient. Um, but like, you know, my manager is a, is a great advisor and Ike has a really good, he just has a, a good, good business sense and he's got a good like sense of, of people and what, you know, what people want or need to hear. Um, so, you know, we kind of just, you know, use each other as a sounding board. Yeah. Um, is yeah. there, do you feel, is he almost like more, 
is one of you stronger in one aspect and the other is like, is he more of on the business side? Maybe he's better on the other side. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you're the one that starts it or do you like, like, do you guys have, have you seen any patterns where the ideas that you end up carrying through the finish line, their initial birth was like from you versus from Ike, or is it kind of 50, 50 kind of random or, you know, like, is he, are you a better with the creation side and uh-huh. he's kind of working on it or vice versa or any of that? I, you know, I really, honestly, I think we've been doing it together so long. I don't remember. And neither does he like whose ideas, uh, which ideas were who like, yeah. he'll say something to me like, dude, that joke is so funny that you wrote in like that draft. And I'll be like, you wrote that. And he'll be like, no, you did. Like, we really don't know at that. It just, it are we, you know, you know, we kind of just share the exact same sense of humor. So like, yeah. we kind of just think alike and it probably makes it just a little blurry. Like who came up with what? That's great. Um, but he does have a good, he does have a better business sense than I do. I just, I get like some, some writer said this to me once, which was like, he was like, he's like, I hate conversations about like money and business, like, which is why, like I have an agent. And that was like very like reassuring to me to hear that because I feel the same I, way. Yeah. When I'm trying to talk to like my agent about business, like I feel myself like, like my breath gets shorter and I get tight and like they do it all day for a living. So yeah. they're, they're comfortable around it, but I'm not. And then like, but my anxiety, like they're, that you can tell, like, they're kind of like, what, why, what is he? He sounds so, he sounds petty right now, or at least in my head, I'm like, they, they think I'm petty. I just have to shut up now. So yeah. I just like, have like stopped talking about that sort of stuff, <laughs> you know, just, it's just not, it doesn't, just it doesn't like, work for me. I'm going to tap once if I think yeah. this, I'm going to tap twice if I think that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is why I knew like after college, I couldn't like go down and work at the Chicago Board of Trade or like, yeah, you know, go to Wall Street or something. It's a, it's a skill set. Yeah. Although it seems like it could be learned with exposure to it, but I agree. Some people are better at it Yeah. than others. I'm, I'm like, um, Adam Sandler in The Wedding Singer when he goes to interview at the bank and he's talking to Kevin Nealon and he's like, uh, I like money. I don't have a lot of it. I would like to have more of it. Like, that's me. I, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I always think about that scene that just sums up uh, my, your, my your relationship. relationship to money. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. All right. So, so let's talk about um, the Mindy Project because that that was a great run for you. Yeah. And, and it sounds like even, even in its relation to central intelligence, it was a great run for you because it kind of pulled you away from that. So you weren't worried about it. Um, one, what did you learn there? Two, you, you kept saying before, like screenplays, we were working on screenplays, screenplays. Were you always thinking movies and then TV Mm -hmm. became TV and that's what happened? Or did you think TV and what's your, what's your vibe on the difference between the two? Well, we were always, without thinking about it, we were always just doing both. You know, we were always coming up with TV ideas and writing features at the same time. Okay. Um, and we've kind of always kept a foot in both camps. And uh, the, the, I mean, there's advantages to both. The nice thing about TV is when you're on a show, like you're going to make something every week. Like the, the notes process is like much faster, whereas in a, uh, a, a writing a movie, like they can give you notes and they can hem and haw 
and they don't have to pull the trigger on a 30 or $50 million movie. Yeah. But in TV, it's like, well, you know, the episode costs 1.3 million and we ordered 20 of them. So we're going to shoot it. So like the notes are going to be, they're going to come and you've, you're going to, you're going to address them and then you're going to actually get to make it, which yeah. was why I wanted to like get on a staff of a show when we started. I wanted I wanted some, you know, some credits that were going to like be hard credits that, that came out, not just like this development of like the basically playing the Powerball that is writing movies, yeah. right? Because it is a miracle when you sell a movie. It's a miracle when it gets greenlit. It's just, it's a, it, you know, it took seven years. So yeah, it, it, that was- um, Well, that's what it seems like. That It's like writing for TV from, from my vantage point, it seems like baptism by fire every week for like 22 weeks in a row. And, and, yeah. and did you guys, you came on in the, you were not involved with the pilot. Not involved right? in the pilot, Came no. on, so Ike started as, so for those of you listening, uh, Dave's writing partner, producing partner, Ike, who we've been talking about, is also an actor, and he came on to the Mindy Project after the pilot, so episode two. Correct. And you guys came on as staff writers at that point. Yes. And I feel like I met you, that's when I met you guys. I remember yeah. I went to visit Messina yeah. over there, you guys were in the writer's room. Yeah, and, in that and, first building. Yeah, and we, and, and but it, but it, one, I mean, most shows don't last, you know, if they last past the pilot, that's great. <laughs> if yeah. they last a full season, that's great. Right. This not only, you know, went how many seasons at Fox? Uh, went, three at Fox. Three at Fox. And three and then, at Hulu. And then three at Hulu. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's getting more common these days to right. go to a different place, but like, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just like, it really... Uh, it was one of those shows that had like a core audience that loved it, yeah, and wouldn't let it die, and yeah. and which is awesome. Mm. And and so as re were you guys, obviously pleasantly surprised to have it keep going, but mm -hmm. it, it, you also seem like like by the end, weren't you directing a, yeah. a bunch of episodes? Yeah. And would you guys co-direct, or would you? We like started off co-directing because the uh, the DGA. Well, the DGA didn't let us be official co-directors. So the first two episodes we kind of directed, um, you know, I directed the first one, he directed the second one, but we were helping each other. Um, I don't know if the DGA is going to get mad at that, but eventually we saw that like, it was just going to be easier as we, you know, got busier if we, if we stayed separate directors so that yeah. we didn't have to be in the same place at the same time and we could be, you know, accomplishing more than one thing at a time. Yeah. 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 But yeah, we started off as, uh, as, as, you know, lower level executive story editors. It was Mindy's idea to put Ike, uh, in the show right away. When we met with Mindy to like get the job, we knew that she wanted some version of some writer performers, like they were on the office with BJ and Paul Lieberstein. Um, and so we thought, oh, great. She hired us, you know, Eichel maybe being like four of the first 20 or something. You know, we didn't think, but she knew like, this guy's funny. Like I need, you know, uh, you know, I just need some like, you know, bigger comedy engines on the show. Cause she had written like a great, like, you know, love triangle, but she didn't have like the, the strong, like, as strong comedy that Ike brought. Yeah. So she put Ike in the second episode where, you know, Ike gets hired as, as a new male nurse. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we were pleasantly surprised. And so that's, that's how that happened. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, and, and so how did, so that's interesting. Like even, even, and I, we don't have to talk about it cause I'll have him on and ask him at some point, but just like, you know, balancing those, uh, 
those responsibilities of acting in it and then mm-hmm. writing as well, being in the writer's room. Right. It's, but, but for you. That was um, really trial by fire. I mean, I, yeah. Ike and I had made a pilot for Spike TV and we made like a pilot presentation for Comedy Central, but like I had not spent a lot of time on set and then just to get on set and, you know, I don't know, like, oh my, the cameras were there. Like, I, I didn't even know like where the cameras were, you know, how the cameras worked or how the lighting right. worked. I would like be pitching lines to actors and they would be like, I'm not on camera right now. And I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah I know. I know. I'm just saying uh, for later, for later. Like, I didn't know what, like there was a, there was a lot to learn, but that was the great thing about um, that show is Mindy made me the set writer. So I ended up being on set for all the episodes um, from the beginning? Uh, from episode like nine. Like the first really? episode that we wrote, you know, usually in comedy, if you write the episode, you're on set for that episode. Yeah. So we were on set for our episode. That was my first time on set. And um, even though I didn't know like where the camera was, I kind of knew how to talk to the actors and I knew how to pitch jokes on the fly. So yeah. Mindy made Ike and I the the set writers. Ike was already there a lot of the time, so it made sense. And so I kind of like got to learn a lot about production really fast. Yeah. You know, I got just thousands of hours of, of reps. Well, that's the thing is the reps yeah. that you get and then doing it for six years. I mean, just the education you get and you guys kind of coming in lower level and then getting to the point where eventually, um, you know, I don't even know like title-wise, don't worry about that. Like title-wise, like- where you got to, but it just seems like responsibility wise, you, by the end of yeah. it, were really uh, very much, very involved in every aspect. Right. And that that's like a, a credit to Mindy to, yeah. to see that talent and, and kind of delegate that to you. Well, I mean, it was still, yeah, we had some responsibilities, but you know, it was still Mindy show. Yeah. Matt Warburton still ran the writer's room. You know, okay. Ike and I did, we were on set all the time. So kind of the crew, the crew knew us, knew how to work with us. You know, yeah. we knew how to. You were like the liaison between the yeah, writers' room yeah. and, and what's ha- actually yeah. happening down there. Yeah, and we got to know all the guest directors along the way, so they trusted us to like change up lines or change up jokes or get give them ideas on blocking because we were there all the time. We had a better idea of what the show did and didn't do. Yeah. Um, but you know, we were. It wasn't like. We were running, we were still, it was still, there were still Mindy and Matt Warburton and Charlie Grandy. Yeah. There were still some great, you know, high level writers that were, you know, calling a lot of the shots. Yeah. But we did get to direct, which was, uh, which is really fun and sort of, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like heroin or. Well, that, I was going to ask you, so what now you, because you've been talking about directing and, and I don't know if you're talking about directing like your own your own film or, or if you're looking to do a series where you create it and, and you or you and Ike are the showrunners, but what, what was that experience going from, you know, transitioning from writer to writer director? It sounds like you dig it. Mm-hmm. You want more of that. And is that like where yeah. you're going, like heading with the career, like what you would like to do? I th- I think so. Maybe not all the time because you know, I have, you know, I have a young kid and hopefully I have more and, you know, I have, you know, a family and a dog and like directing is diving into something like fully, yeah, your whole life. Like if you're directing a movie, it's at least six months, probably a year of your life. You know, I, I do want to do it, but I don't, I don't know if I want to like 
bounce around from like directing thing, everything, you know, movie to movie, not that anyone's given me that opportunity. Uh, and then on the writing on the TV side, if you're, if you're the writer of the TV show, you, you kind of, you directing is great, but you also already have so much power in the dynamic because the writer is the, is the last word on a TV set. So I want, I want to direct, you know, TV, direct a pilot, but it's not directing a movie is kind of exciting because, um, you get to keep that control of the words that you, that you've probably written. Whereas in TV, you're going to get to keep that control, but in, in a movie is the director's medium. So that's one reason you'd want to see it through. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're involved. Yeah. You're involved all the way through the edit and every aspect of it. Um, and where that that's a question for you. Like, where do you see, uh, even w- within writing, um, how how precious are you? Doesn't sound like you are, but how precious are you with your dialogue, the actual words versus the um, the intentions and mm. or, or or all of the other aspects of a scene yeah. or of a. a script. Yeah. I'd say I'm not precious until I am like, (laughs) like I'll know when I'm like, if it's there, there's like, as a, as a comedy writer first, like I'm not precious about somebody walking in and saying, Oh, Hey, what's up? Instead of, Oh, Hey, how you doing? Like that? Not, not Sorkin, like say it, say whatever's natural, but there are times when like the wording of the joke it makes the joke. And if you don't put the words in the right way or use this, you say very instead of really, it's not as funny. So there are times that I, I will stop and be like, no, you have to say, say it in this order. Cause that's how the joke works. Yeah. But then, but then, you know, other times just, if the actors like really funny performer, like Ike or Mindy or Adam Pally, you know, it just, you know, they're going to, they're going to make it their own and it's going to be good. But yeah. I'm, I'm only, I'm only, I'm not precious until I am. Until you have to be. Yeah. Until I, I, until I realize, oh, like, that bothers me for a specific reason. Yeah. 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 And then I'm, then I'm, you know, throwing lights and I'm just, I'm a maniac yeah. on set. Just are, like, are you, are you no. <laughs> a bad guy? Um, I was going to say, you don't seem like that, but, um, yeah, I beat up a crafty guy. Once. Beat up a crafty yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, stuck his, his nose in the mustard. I yeah. Know. Put his face in the, that story. Yeah. yeah. Um, th- no, but that, that's interesting because comedy is such a, it's such a precise, science in a lot of ways that I, you know, I'm, I've done comedy, but that's not my, you know, I'm not a comedy guy mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm always, you know, kind of, I don't know, Wind River had its moments. Well, yeah, Wind River, I mean, it was really <laughs> It was funny. a real laugh fest. <laughs> it was hysterical in that. I mean, you should yeah. see that, you should see yeah. the looks I get like at school drop-off. Right, yeah. Wind River, like, oh, I saw Wind River. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of like looked The way you, you, you murdered that, that, those young lovers. Yeah, was, it's like, oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Great, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Great movie, by the way. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good one to be a part. I of. really liked was, the 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 setup of like, well, not the setup. I loved the, how they did the reveal with like you know with Renner flash. Renner getting to the place yeah. and then he's there and then seeing what happened there. Yeah, like that was yeah. It was like all the action culminating. Yeah, at the same yeah. time. He's you know, that's a that's another guy uh, Taylor Sheridan who came yeah. from being an actor. Yeah, and he is just on fire as a yeah. writer right yeah. now. He's yeah. got a new show yeah. at Paramount called he was, Yellowstone. He yeah. was too ugly to act. I guess was the problem. Yeah, <laughs> and he looks like the Marlboro Man. Actually. Right. Yeah. He's like, exactly. He's actually yeah, in, like, in he's got to be good water. at right. It's great in Hell or High Water. I don't know if you saw that, yeah. but yeah. He, incredible script that I think he was nominated for yeah. uh, an Oscar and. um 
there's like a cattle scene where that whatever, and he's he's actually the cowboy who's yeah. like clearing cattle across. That's the street. right. Yeah. But that was yeah, that was. A great I saw movie. him in an award show, and I was like, wait, that guy. He guy looks like that and he can write and direct like fuck yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fuck you dude. <laughs> yeah. He uh talented dude. Um so where, where were we with this? Um I was just rambling. No, I, no, I, no. We had some we had some good stuff talking about the oh oh the precision of Yeah, the the writing the precision and the words. Of, of comedy. And, yeah. And um uh well let, let me ask you what were some of like the whether it was the you know, you're not going to come up with the biggest thing you learned on, on Mindy, but maybe there's something that stands out to you, or maybe there was like, there was a guest director who came in or something where you were like, huh. And you had a, cause it sounds like you had a real right. education. Yeah. Yeah. What, or, or maybe it was That's just, the best way, yeah. Best yeah I mean, was it, it even just how this whole thing called TV mm-hmm. works like as a whole? Yeah. That's what it sounds like you guys really kind of figured out. Yeah. I mean, it's a combination of, it was just an overall education I did just kind of like learn, you know, just how the, what the process is like, you know, getting in there and getting, getting comfortable, getting confidence on set. Cause set is intimidating. It just like, if you don't, like you're not, you're used to it now. I'm pretty used to it now, but set is intimidating. Everyone there knows what they're doing and they're kind of gruff and it's early and like, they've been doing it for years. So just getting there and getting like the confidence to like, walk over to someone and be like, you know, oh, like, can we change out that prop or, um, uh, you know, talking to an actor or talking to the director, like just getting, getting confidence, getting used to being there. And then I, I just also thought of the way Mindy, Mindy never settled. Like we'd rehearse a scene and she just like all of a sudden would be like, I think it'd be funny if I was like eating a sandwich in this scene and like, um, uh, and then I fell off the desk or something, you know, like stuff that was not in the script. And, and it, she was present yeah, enough and to she, go, yeah, oh, she was this like, work on the fly. Yeah, always, always beating, always beating like the scene, always having a little more effort. And she, she did that all the time. And like, we'd be there and it'd be like, you know, we've been doing it for years, but then she would just not, would just want to like settle. She would just want to, you know, let's make it a little bit funnier, you know, like, or like, let's make it, you know, let's have the characters be a little bit smarter, you know, smarter in how stupid they are, but still smarter. Like, you know, um, she's got to be an amazing workhorse. I mean, she just seems like she's got her hands in so many. She loves being called a workhorse. Does she? No, (laughs) No, I'm just saying like her work at it. Like she, she kind of, I had that yeah. show. Hasn't she written a book or more? She's written two books. Two books. Yeah. Then like- She's about to star in uh, a movie. Some movie like Oprah maybe? Or that movie's coming she's... out, Wrinkle in Time. Okay. But then she wrote a movie that she's going to star in that I think they're going to start shooting in a few months. Uh-huh. Um, she's got something else too. Yeah. She's, she, her, her I mean, work, her work ethic is, she's, is incredible. Yeah. And yeah. that's, re- it's really admirable. And Because one of those things on its own would be yeah. a lot for yeah. a human to yeah. handle, yeah. you know, just, just, you know, writing a book is a big yeah. deal, yeah. running mm-hmm. a show and creating a show and yeah. acting and being, yeah. you know, the lead in a show yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. And then doing First all of Indian that First Indian woman to have her own show. It's crazy. Yeah. And she, well, another thing about her, which I've learned to embrace about myself is Mindy is like really competitive and like not in a bad way, just doesn't just doesn't it, apologize. It, yeah, for it. doesn't apologize. And I've always and I've realized, oh, I've always been a competitive person. Like you know, mostly 
in sports growing up and, you know, in, in high school and college, but then you realize like, oh, like, you know, it's okay to be competitive. It, it actually motivates me. So, uh, so a, has that changed your, um, the, the way you work a little bit as a result? Y- y- I mean, I just, I just, or is it just a, like a confidence you, you've got more of a, I just, I do. I will be sitting there at nine o'clock at night and think of something and I'll run over and grab my computer and start writing. And I probably wouldn't have done that, uh, you know, 10, eight years ago. Now it's like, you know, like if I, if I write this down now, that could be the difference, you know, that could, that could be the difference between this thing happening or not happening or this, that, or like that could be the difference between like me, you know, like I really think in nowadays in terms of, Oh, that could be the difference between like, you know, my daughter having her college education paid for or not. You know, I, I have this sort of, especially in the last year, sort of like almost frightened, like worry about like where the country's headed. Yeah. And it's made me work harder because I don't feel like there's a safety net that are, that are, that our, our government's providing anymore. I feel like it's kind of like things are going to the dogs yeah. and it makes me want to like be a better provider, which I found has been really motivating to me. So like That's as really much as I'm like driven crazy by what's happening in this country, it's motivating me to try and take- to be stronger, be better. Yeah, and yeah. take care of my family a little more. That's- uh that's really interesting. That's like that's one. That's another one of these themes that kind of get ends up getting spoken on here and a lot of stuff I've been yeah. like reading and and listening to lately, where people that I find inspiring have said, you know, welcome everything that comes down the pipe. You know, whether it's quote good or quote bad, it's an opportunity uh-huh. to learn. It's an opportunity to get stronger, be better, and that's. That's really interesting that it's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like lit a fire under your ass to go, okay, I got to, I got to get it together on my own because I can't even, I can't even rely on the institutions that right. I once was maybe thinking. Could, yeah. Could. I mean, it's, it's made my life more stressful, yeah. but I, I do think like, oh, I need to make sure my daughter has clean drinking water in 20 years, you know, like, because the government's not going to make sure we have clean drinking water. I, I worry about stuff like that. Maybe too much. It, it, like I'll, I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'm up for it. Do you put it into your writing? Is it like, uh, like, do you take all those, those feet? Cause you, you made a couple of comments where you're like, Oh, I, that you're worried or I, I can't remember specifically what you said, but do you take that, uh, those kind of thoughts, do you, do you put them into the writing or do if, you keep them back? I back? think, I think I, I think I do, but I, I, I mask it in kind of, um, the comedy of neuroses, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I'm, I don't write, I have not written anything, you know, political or dramatic. Um, but I, I think all of my characters, you know, and, and, you know, there's stuff that I write separately now, but that Ike and I write together and all of our characters are, um, I would say like kind of anxious, yeah. you know, like there's anxiety in them because that's, that's funny. And that's, so it's very natural for a comedy writer to try and find that. But, um, thinking about the last couple of things Ike and I have written, uh, there is maybe some more of this, you know, post Obama, like anxiety about uh the future of for it's like, almost more vulnerable too yeah in, in a way it's like the, the anxiety um anxiety 
also is, is a form of vulnerability. Yeah. Way, yeah. If, you know? if you're, if you're vocalizing it. Yeah. 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 They're let, you know, they're less on, they're on shakier ground and, um, yeah. And then I guess causes a character to have to scramble, which can be funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, totally. You put them in a, in a vice and, and see yeah, what they do to yeah. get out. I should probably, you know, it's a great question because I probably should try and put it in there more. You know, I don't think I, if, you know, I maybe know 10% of what I'm doing as a writer, I think I'm just learning. And so I should probably think about, you know, trying to like use the real stuff in me a little more. Although maybe if you thought about it, like, are you more instinctive than you are cerebral about it? Because maybe mm-hmm. if you were thinking about it too much, then it's like, you know, that, that could it's a little, it's mess a little up obvious. the magic for you yeah. or make it too. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas you might be doing stuff mm-hmm. that you don't even realize. Yeah. And all of a sudden someone looks at your yeah. writing and goes, Hey, that's interesting. This, this guy looks at the world this way and this girl looks at the world this way. And, and, yeah. and then you go, huh. And you connect the dots yeah. to what you believe. Well, it's like you were saying about your writing, which is what I try and do is I think I try and write instinctively at first and just quickly like bust it out like get the get the block of clay out there and it's it's ugly and it's a piece of shit but get it out there and then start to be you know thoughtful about yeah. it and like because i need to by the way i don't do that i wish i did no. that. i mean do I'm, it. Try, I'm trying do it. to do yeah. it yeah i'm doing it now i yeah. try i try and write first drafts really fast because uh i just like i need to get things done and then i need to like step back and look at it i can't I need to see the whole thing at once. I, I'm not good at like being like, all right, I've worked on the first 15 pages for three months. They're perfect. Now I can move on. I need to like see the whole story. So I try and be instinctive at first and then, and then, you know, be more objective. That's you know, great. I mean, out. this is like, it's, it's funny. The whole reason that it, this, this whole thing is like therapy for me. I feel like I'm like picking the brains of people <laughs> that I'm like, oh, I, I want to hear what Dave does. And that is a great piece of advice for me to take takeaway is uh yeah That's- when it comes to my writing it's like it's too it's like what you said and every writer says like oh my first you know screenplay was a piece of crap and but yeah. but I learned to do it and you get it and it's like I do that in other aspects of my life but with that it's way too slow and yeah. I think you're right to just say like bang it out yeah you get out yeah there it is yeah and then go back but right. you have you have like a, a stone to start carving as right. a, whereas when it's before that it's mm-hmm. just like yeah in the ether it's like some some ideas and some images and it goes back to writing is rewriting like that's what i really think is the only way i can like keep doing this is to like know that nothing's ever finished because if it's finished and i don't think it's that good then what does that say about my work but if it's never finished, I can make it better. I can keep making it better. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not going to keep you forever. I, I would like to, I'm a, we can stay here as long as you want to, but I'm sure you got to go uh, do something, but I got to uh, go eat tacos with a friend. Tacos yeah. with a friend. That's yeah. important. Yeah. That's high priority. Um, but you mentioned something that, uh, before about like, you know, it's nine o'clock at night, you have an idea, you'll go to the computer and you'll write. What is, um, your wife's relationship to, the business and, and to your, uh, you know, you have to be attentive to like, when you get that inspiration, yeah. you're going on the computer mm-hmm. and doing that. How does that affect you with like, with your kid and, and with mm-hmm. your wife and, and like, how do you manage that kind of, cause I, that I know that for myself, that's, 
that is something to manage. Right. Yeah. She a hundred percent gets like the, the times when I have to go, you know, inspiration strikes for, for me, for some reason, the last few years, I don't get creative until like 4 PM and then it lasts like the rest of the night, which it stinks because, you know, around five, even like I try and get home earlier to help like make dinner. Like, you know, we're feeding our daughter at like five fifteen, five thirty. So like, after we put her down, I will often get the computer out and start working because she knows that's when I'm feeling creative. I don't know why. It's like maybe the caffeine's worn off from all day and now I'm, I can think clearly, but uh, she's totally like supportive of me when I have to do it. Now, if like I'm at the park on Saturday pushing my daughter on the swing and I'm looking at my phone, like she knows I'm just looking at Twitter or Instagram right. and it's a waste of time and I'm going to like regret the moments 20 years when I could be watching my daughter smile and I'm, you know, reading Ike's take on uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a mix, you know, there's times when she gets it and there's times where she's like, you're just texting with Ike and Mindy yeah. about, you know, like a new hot dog stand yeah, in, yeah. in Hollywood. Like, yeah. you know. But when it comes to the work and you're able, that, that's another interesting thing is just like the finding your rhythm and, and hearing you say like, you don't start to get creative until after four o'clock. So what's it like before four o'clock? Like what, what are your days? Yeah. Because it sounds like you're working during the day. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're at, do you, do you, when you're not on Mindy, are you going to an office or you have a home office where you work? Yeah. We have an office at universal. Okay. So I do go there in the mornings. But you just like crumple up papers and like, yeah, (laughs) I take, I I walk around the parking lot and talking to myself and the security (laughs) guards will come over and like, then they see it's me. They're like, oh, okay. But they'll come over and they'll see like this man walking in circles around the party. And I talk to myself when I'm trying to like figure out a line. I did it all the time on Mindy and people got used to it. But oh, really? uh, yeah, really? but I do talk to myself. And uh, so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll drink a bunch of coffee. I'll check my email. I'll pay a bill. Then I eat lunch. And then I like open the screenplay and then I start thinking about it. Then I start taking my walks. And then I'm like at 3.30, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, then I start to get in a groove. And then it's like 4.30 and I'm like, I got to go, go make dinner. <laughs> so then I, then, I, then I get home and, you know, I just like anxiously, like, you know, I'm just like, you know, gripping until like, you know, 7.30 and like, you know, we said goodnight to our daughter and I go downstairs and then I try and get back into it. And then how late we, first of all, that's just amazing. It's like, yeah. it's like, so the whole day is this ramp up to the last like 45 minutes where you're yeah. really productive and you're like, good, yeah. you gotta go home. It's just terrible it's pattern awesome. I'm in. But yeah, so then then I'll so go. Will you stay up to like two in the morning writing or? or uh, rarely. I try and because I have to get up between six and seven every day because yeah. that's when my daughter wakes up and just comes in and starts poking me in the face. Yeah. Uh, I try I try and get upstairs, you know, at a reasonable hour, but it, it just depends. Like last night, sometimes I, I I love writing with a movie on. So last night I was writing and watching Black Hawk Down, which was like on Bravo. And I've seen the movie a hundred times. Which I love it. Which is a real comedic uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, but yeah, I don't know why. I just, I love Black Hawk Down. So it's a great, yeah. I just kept like, I kept, and I didn't come upstairs till late last night. And I was, I had Black Hawk Down, you know, Eric Bana, and he's fucking badass. And did you know, um, you watch Game of Thrones? You know what? I've only seen literally like the first four episodes and that's it. Uh, I know well, I'm like the only person on the planet who could say that, but. Jamie Lannister, Nicholas 
Colster Waldau. You uh-huh. know that guy? And he's in Black Hawk Down. He's got this like. Oh yeah, yeah, I do that. Yeah, yeah he he did a show. Yeah, yeah, the blonde guy. That, yes, yeah, yeah. It was like the he had the twin sister. Or something yes, yeah, and, he's yeah. in Black Hawk Down. He plays like one of the Army Rangers. Oh really? Yeah. There's like all in like Tom Hardy's in it. There's lots of. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, Hardy was. Yeah, there. yeah. I think uh, guy I did a movie. Brendan Sexton. The third the name's right? familiar. He's, yeah, I think he's he's in it as well. You would have been good in Black Hawk Down. Oh, thanks. You would have been good in it. Maybe it the, the remake it. It would be a reboot. <laughs> <The> remake. <laughs> like a, a general by the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember loving Eric Bana in that movie. Yeah. Was, he was great. Um, so so you, and you'll stay, you'll stay up. I was actually going to ask you, do you watch a lot of movies? Do you watch a lot of comedy you know, when do you have time to do that? With That's one of those mm-hmm. things that's like, I realized right now it was on the set of Goliath All Fall and just like embarrassed because everybody would be like, oh, have you seen right. such a, you know, you just did yeah. it now. You're like, have you, you know, have you seen Game of Thrones? Like everybody has seen Game of Thrones. And I feel like lately with kids, I don't know if that's what it is, but I, I just don't watch enough, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you have that problem or will you ever watch something while you're at the office? I to, will. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. made it in the last year, I've made it more of a, uh, a commitment because I feel, I felt like just, I was not getting enough. Uh, it's, it's, it's research. Like yeah, every, exactly. Cause I'm watching when you, I'm watching storytelling, whether it's a yeah. TV show or a movie, I'm watching how you know, great writers and directors and actors tell stories. And so if I'm not like staying up to date on, you know, how people are telling stories, I just feel like really behind. And there's times when I've been on set when people are talking, bouncing around TV shows and movies and I haven't seen any. Yeah. This year I've seen every movie nominated for best picture, which I've never, I've never done See, before. See, I'm kind of in the opposite camp. Yeah. I'm, I usually feel like, well, no, I, I wouldn't say I'm always fully seeing everything, but I see more this year is like way down for me. Um, Yeah. Although there's also another, there's another side of that sometimes that I've been thinking like when you get away from it, there's something about clearing your head and finding your own, yeah, your own voice. True. But I I am feeling right now, this kind of hankering for like, I need to, exactly what you said. I just need to watch how other people are telling stories. We saw uh, the shape of water, last week and um and there were just there were just filmmaking things that, yeah. that I saw in that right. and I was like oh that's really yeah he's cool. that's yeah. really I mean he's yeah he's know. just like it's just like it's, he is a master like who's presented like a, a perfect piece you know you can say what you want about it like it is the most creative like you know that is like why movies were made so that someone with an imagination could tell a story like yeah that. Like yeah it's, and it's i know incredible. half the people i've talked to about it i i really liked it half the people i've talked to hated it and half the people love yeah, it i don't get those i think people. you've got to regardless you've got to respect it yeah i mean just the stuff that he did like just setting up that world and setting up that that whole situation yeah, and yeah. kind of like making it feel like it, it's plausible. Yeah, yeah, was amazing. Yeah, you know, and even even from production design to the yeah. rain and and to yeah. that apartment oh, yeah. filled with water. And yeah, so many things yeah. in it that were. It's so it, cool. I mean, that's why we went. We saw it in the theater. Oh like, yeah, you know, we were. Yeah. like, right, let's go see this in the theater. There, yeah. you get a bunch of screeners, but yeah, 
Dude. That one you got to see. And Richard Jenkins and Michael Shannon are so funny in it. Oh, like, yeah. It, yeah, it yeah, is I funny. Michael Shannon. Dude, he is so funny. When he talks about his fingers getting shot off. Oh, my God. He, he was great. I mean, yeah. I always like him. I thought that was my favorite performance of his because he yeah. was intense as he always is, but it was also funny. And he also did what, what I love to see is when a, an actor takes a character who's, you know, doesn't have a ton of redeeming qualities yeah. and makes you at some point feel for them. Yeah. I feel like he elicited some kind of um, sympathy for yeah. me in, in a, a little bit of it. Yeah. You know, when you see him up mm-hmm. against it with his his boss. Yeah. And that's in the writing as well. It's right. Story, yeah. But he really kind yeah. of, you, you feel it like is this him is a guy too. who's getting yeah. squeezed. And he had yeah. this. Now, did you see um, Boardwalk Empire? Yeah. Because he had a lot of that in Boardwalk. Yeah. Where you, I hated him. The first season of Boardwalk. He was just like an odious, horrible person. And then you like love him by the end of Boardwalk. Like incredible like change. You come to, yeah, Yeah. you come, you come around and that's, and yeah, he's one of, he's a great actor. Boardwalk's an underrated show. Yeah. I love Boardwalk. Yeah. It's, you know, I didn't see the entire Uh series. I saw like the first, I was religious for the first two seasons Mm -hmm. and then into the third season, I started to drop out. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's good. Yeah. 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 Uh, listen, we could, we could go on forever. I know you have tacos to eat. So um, excited. I appreciate you coming here. Sure, man. It was uh, fun. Before, before we go, let everybody know if, if you're, you know, if you want this, I don't know, some people don't, but where people could follow you or hear more of your views. I know you're pretty vocal mm-hmm. on Twitter uh, and Instagram too, right? You're, you're pretty, I, I Instagram so Twitter is like your thing, right? Yeah. And then any movies or projects coming out, anything that um, you can look for? Well, let's see. I'm just David Stassen on Twitter and Instagram and, um, coming out in the spring. I don't know the date exactly is a movie called blockers, blockers. that, uh, I was an executive producer of that. Uh, I was down in Atlanta. I was, Executive producer is a fancy word for set writer. Is this the one you just did? The you guys did right before Christmas? No, this or? was uh, we did it last year, uh, and uh, Ike is in it with John Cena and Leslie Mann, and that's coming out this spring. Awesome! And that should be pretty funny. Wide, K, wide release, wide release. Kay Cannon directed it. She wrote all the Pitch Perfect movies. Uh, she is a hilarious uh, female uh, director. Have and you seen Cuts It? Are you are you happy yeah, with it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, it's, it's called fun. Blockers. Yeah, it's about three parents. Ike's one of the parents trying to stop, stop their daughters from losing their virginity on prom night. <laughs> yeah, everyone has I their think, reaction. It's I think a, we should. It's just, a good idea. Yeah, I think we should just end the interview right, right yeah, there. That's yeah. a good. That's yeah. That's going to be good. Yeah. So I check that out. Yeah. All right. Cool. You guys heard it. Dave Stassen, thank you for being here, man. Sure. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to 10,000 No's. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, please do. So each week's episode is automatically downloaded to your computer or phone. And if you like what you heard, please help us get the word out by sharing it with your friends and family. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.